out of the lectionary uh, most Sundays, but uh, I felt led by the Spirit to not preach out the lectionary for this weekend. Amen. Amen. So turn with me, if you will, to the book of Acts, the third chapter, and I'll ask that when you find it, all those who are physically able, you please stand. That is the book of Acts, third chapter, starting with the first verse. Hear ye the word of the Lord. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at the ninth hour. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried at the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I not, but such as I have is this. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, take up your bed and walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. God's word for God's people and God's people said amen. 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 Uh, For a brief few moments today, I want to talk to you about such as I have for 2018 such as I have for 2018. I'm normally not one to get involved in New Year's resolutions, uh, particularly because most New Year's resolutions are broken, and normally within the first quarter of the following year. I wish I could, I had a dollar for every time I heard somebody say, New Year, New Me. I'd be a rich young man even though it be a new year in the same old person. Uh, Speaking of which, this wasn't part of the sermon, but I thought about it at this time. I'll admit I probably spend a little more time on social media than I need to. But I'm wondering about, no names mentioned, but I'm wondering about certain people who always talk about how they are cutting people off going into the new year. And if, if you made the cut, God bless you, you made it. But I, I understand that's all going on and everything, but do you have to do that every year? If there's a problem with you purging every year, maybe the problem is not the friends you get around. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. New year, new 
me. And such as I have for 2018, uh, next month will mark my new year being here with the Faith Church family. And I'm glad and, and honored and blessed to be a part of this awesome family. Amen. 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 But as we go into the new year, there are some things that I can draw from here in this story in Acts chapter 3 that I would like to press upon your hearts and minds as you go into this new year. Uh, man, we join Peter and John, and it's, this story is right after some of the things that have happened in the days that we call Pentecost, uh, where the Holy Spirit moved upon them, and it was like fire. Have you ever been touched by fire? Uh, when you are touched by fire, you will say some things you did not intend to say. Uh, when you are touched by fire, you will move in a way that you had not intended to move. And I like the book of Acts because it talks about how the church is supposed to operate. And it talks about the church operating after a move of the Holy Spirit. I say after a move of the Holy Spirit, not after uh, a bunch of rules that were put together, not after a bunch of committees being formed, not after fussing over who does what on the program. It was a move of the Holy Spirit that came in and gave us the model of how the church was supposed to act. Amen. And these people got moved by the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 and they were, they were speaking in different tongues and, and praising the Lord and people started to mock them. Uh, they said, these men must be drunk. Uh, but Peter, transformed by the Holy Spirit. Again, there's that Holy Spirit again. F Peter, moved by the Holy Spirit, got up and spoke to these people and said, these men are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last day, said God, that I will pour out my spirit on the flesh, your sons and daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall be, see dreams. And so they were being moved by the Holy Spirit. Uh, we want to do anything going forward. Uh, it, it's nice to, to resolve to save some money. I'm not knocking that. It's nice to resolve to spend some time in the gym, although I'm someone who goes to the gym five to seven days a week. I get a little miffed about these times because they're packed. Uh, I can't get to the bench press like I'd like to get to because people have made New Year's resolutions to work out. The treadmills are taken up. The ellipticals. It's, it's nice to resolve to those things. And, when, and Lord knows we as a people probably need to be a little bit more healthier than we've been. But if there is something that you would want to resolve to do in the other years, in these coming years, to be led by the Holy Spirit. That's the best resolution you could make. Yes. To seek the Holy Spirit in prayer and fasting and meditation and studying of the word. And these men were led by the Spirit. Uh, and so we have these two consecrated men. Let the church say consecrated. Consecrated. Uh, Peter and John are devout, consecrated men of God. And I like that they mention both Peter and John because that tells me there's a place for all kinds of people in the kingdom. Yes. Peter and John were both a part of Jesus' inner circle. There were some places Jesus went with everybody. 
And then there are some places he went with the disciples. And then there are some places when you read in the Bible that he went, he took who? Peter, James, and John. And and, and so Peter and, and, and John, they had two opposite kinds of personalities. Uh, John, uh, John was a little more meek and mild. Uh, John was the one that said that he, they called it in the gospel according to John, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Uh, he was calm and peaceful. That's how the text portrays him. And then you have Peter. Peter had a bit of a mouth on him. Peter was the one with the sword. And when the, the, the soldiers came to arrest Jesus, he cut one of their ears off. And Jesus told him to put the sword away. He didn't tell them not to have it. Uh, but he told them to put the sword away. And he went and healed the soldier and put the ear back on. So you had someone who was a little meek and mild and calm and reserved. And you had somebody that was a little more fiery. But these were both devout men of God. So if you have a, a more of a Peter spirit, there's a place for you in the kingdom. And if you have a more Johannine spirit, there's a place for you in the kingdom. We are all children of God. You don't have to fit a certain cookie cutter personality. It's good for all. And so you have these two consecrated men and they are devout and they are on their way to evening prayer. And Luke here is making a, 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 a theological point. Because he mentions oftentimes both Peter and John in the text to let us know that they are both there even if John doesn't have these speaking parts. And I reference Luke because the author of the gospel according to Luke is also the author of the book of Acts. Same person and you see that in the styles of the writing. But they are, the, there are two of the more important apostles, those who walked with Jesus, those who saw him. And, and it says that they are consecrated men. And the text tells us that they are on their way to prayer. I'm going to say that again. It says that they are on their way to prayer. See, during these times, they had traditional prayer times. Uh, there was a morning prayer, a sakarit, which is also called the, the morning light. Uh, um, um, and then they had uh, mikna, which was afternoon prayer, and avarit, which was also called bringing on the night. And so they prayed and gave, made sacrifices and went to the temple on a regular basis. Devout men of God spending time, discipline, regular religious prayer. We, we spend a lot of time, especially since we are the people called Methodists, um, talking about tradition and how important tradition is. And you have to learn about tradition you, when you're in the cemetery, seminary. You learn about the Wesleyan quadrilateral, and, and it's not, Wesley didn't come up with it, but Albert Outler was the theologian who put those things together and said that those who followed it focused on a couple of things, or four things, that's quadrilateral. They talked about scripture being important and reason being important, which was why it was kind of cool to be a Methodist, because you didn't turn your brain off when you crossed the threshold of the door. And then there was, there was scripture, and then there was reason, and then there was experience, 
uh, your, your experience and how you experienced God and came to know him and how you explain him to others. And then there was tradition. And of these four things, scripture was supposed to be primary. Scripture was supposed to be primary. But lo and behold, when church folk got a hold of it, although we won't tell the truth by size when we measure it, it seems as if tradition became the biggest thing. Tradition is supposed to be important. And my thing and the reason I bring it up is because sometimes we hold on to traditions about things that aren't really traditional. Uh, I have a debate oftentimes in some of the frats and the organizations that I'm in, and I say that the biggest lie told around is that the way we do it here is the way it's supposed to be done everywhere. The way we do it here is supposed to be the right way. And that's why we'll get caught up on whether or not you're supposed to have church at a certain time of the day. That's why we'll get caught up on whether or not certain things are supposed to happen in a certain order every church service. We'll get caught up on what we're supposed to wear to church and what we are not supposed to wear to church. We'll get caught up on the differences between those who are Methodist and those who are Baptist or those who are Catholic or those who are Pentecostal. We'll get caught up on all of these things in the name of tradition, but we'll be focusing on the wrong things. We want to focus on some traditions. This is a tradition to follow. Regular prayer. That is a tradition to follow. I'm still in the text. They are going to afternoon prayer. Tamid, a ninth hour around 3 p.m. They are regularly going to prayer. That was their custom. So if there's a custom that we ought to be following, it shouldn't be arguing over what color the pews should be. It shouldn't be arguing over certain placement of items, both in the order of service or in the physical sanctuary or outside the sanctuary. If we're going to get stuck on some traditions, let's get stuck on a tradition of prayer. I got some Bible for that. Uh, uh, Isaiah 56 and 7 says, Even them I will bring to my holy mountain, and I will make them joyful in my house of what? prayer their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted at my altar for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations well pastor you said Isaiah that's Old Testament that's fine I got some New Testament for you there Uh, Matthew chapter 21 verses 13 and Jesus it's in red letters in your Bible that means Jesus is talking and he said to them it is written my house shall be called a house of prayer but you have made it a den of thieves Mark 11 and 17 says, Then he taught them, saying to them, It is not written that my house should be called a prayer for a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of thieves. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18 says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing in everything. Give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God who surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus. If we want to get stuck on anything, let's get stuck on prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pains we bear. All because we do not carry everything, not some things, not parts of things, everything to God in prayer. Have a little talk with Jesus. Tell God all about your problems. He'll hear the faintest cry and he'll answer by and by. How many of you know that having a little talk with Jesus will make it all right? 
God. If we are going to get tied up on something, let us get tied up on some prayer. Let us rigidly study some scripture. Let us fast. Let us spend some time doing the work of God. If we're going to get caught up in something such as I have for 2018, let's get caught up on that. Uh, uh, And so we have these two consecrated men going to the temple gate called Beautiful. And scholars debate on what the actual temple gate was that was called beautiful. And they go back and forth, and some of them say it's a gate that's mentioned in Corinthians, and they try to figure out where it is, but it's there. Uh, And and some people think it's the double doors on the outer courts of the gates because of the crippled man. We have the consecrated men approaching a crippled man. Uh, The text says that this man was lame from birth. Lame from birth but somehow he's made it to the outside of the temple Uh, he was crippled and so according to those laws he would not have been allowed to worship with the people his condition marked him an outsider to the community and him sitting outside of the temple gate means that people would walk past him on a regular basis Uh, They say that he he had this time, and and, and you have to think about it. The text says that he was there on a regular basis, and he didn't get there by himself. Uh, And so people have passed him by, and they have become accustomed to his position. They They have become accustomed to having somebody outside their church that can't come in. Sitting on the outside, begging. They've become accustomed to possibly even stepping over this person on their way to get to church. They have become accustomed. He didn't get there by himself. And he had some expectation, which meant that this had, been, this had, this had to have worked for him somehow. He didn't get there by himself. And for him to stay there means it has to be working. So it has to say something about the people that got him there. And it has to say something about the people that keep passing him on the way in to the temple. But the text says that Peter looked at him. He looked at him. He saw Peter didn't walk over him. Peter didn't find another way into the temple. Peter didn't see him at the intersection and ease off the brake so that the car could roll out and not make eye contact with him. Peter looked at him. We are going to have to look at some people. Time and time again, I hear all of these smart people say that they don't have a problem with the church or they don't have a problem with Jesus. They have a problem with the people in it. We're going to have to start looking at some people in 2018. We're going to have to start looking at some things in 2018. He looked at them. 
And so this crippled man had some money that he asked for. Uh, but Peter said, silver and gold have I not, but such as I have is this. Uh, we ought to have some such. Uh, time and time again, and I'm singling out faith because I've worked at quite a few churches and I worked at churches long before I became a pastor. But when we start talking about things in the church and somebody puts out an idea or a vision to do something, the gut reaction is we can't afford it. <laughs> and they say it sometimes before we've even looked at the financial report. We can't afford it. Don't necessarily know where the money is. We can't afford it. Ain't talked about how much it's going to cost. Don't know how much money's in the bank. Don't know if somebody else is going to bless us and pay for it. They just say we can't afford it. Silver and gold have I not, but such as I have is this. There's got to be some such. We talk about donating time, talent, and treasure to the church in order to accomplish the will of God and do what the God, uh, kingdom of God has instructed us to do. We talk about it, but we always get stuck up on the treasure. I understand not having treasure. Lord knows I do. But what about your time and your talent? Such as I have is this. In the name of Jesus Take up your bed and walk. So this man asked for money, but instead received a miracle. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Ah, so these people, when we talk about it, there's got to be some such involved. There's got to be some thought process, some creativity about it. Everything does not have to cost money to do. Time is important. Spending your talent is important. Working on different things. It don't cost anything to come up to a church and help them get on their feet. It doesn't cost anything to, tell, to, to have these people come and do certain things. And you don't always have to pay for everything. And so this, these, this, these people, he asked for money, but received a miracle. And the text goes on to say that he jumped to his feet and began to walk. And he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Yes. Uh, I like that the same author to the gospel according to Luke wrote the book of Acts because the author of the gospel according to Luke and Acts was a physician. And that's why when he says that he talks about the ankles, he jumped to his feet and began to walk. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He's letting you know that this is not some fly-by-night trick. This is not some, some psychosomatic healing. This is not a placebo. He's here to let you know that this is the real thing. And they had such. They didn't pay for anything. They said, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And so these people that were mocking him before and I like it there's a play on words when there's, there's this mocking they talk about it being empty in the Greek 
And there's an adage that says that an empty barrel makes the most noise. And so every time that you see it in the text where these people are mocking somebody in Luke and when the miracle happens, it talks about people being filled with joy. That's a turnaround on these things. Uh, uh, the, and they say that in the name of Jesus, take up your bed and walk. Uh, there's no hazing in this organization I'm a part of called Cap Alpha Psi, but there are some things that we had to do when we were making the transition from an, an aspirant to a full-fledged member yeah. in good standing. And uh, when we were going through the nine hazing, uh, there was some, some community service that needed to be done. And we were having some trouble trying to get community service stuff done because we'd call people and say, we're here, we want to do this, this, and this on this day at this time. And they would say, we don't operate like that. Uh, you get on our schedule. And you come and do what we say, and all of y'all can't come together. We can spread y'all out over some time. And he asked, okay, well, what are we supposed to tell them? And one of the, 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 the lovely brothers that was helping us through this process <laughs> said, you tell them that you're doing this in the name of Cap Alpha Psi. You tell them that you're doing this in the name of this organization. You're not in the organization yet. Don't know if all of y'all are going to finish to get in the name of the organization, in, into the organization yet, but you are allowed to do this work on this day at this time, all of y'all together in the name of the organization. And because you're doing it in the name of the organization, you better not screw it up. Because the name of the organization and the brand that is associated with that name and the rep reputation that is associated with that name will get you in the door. But you are not to mess it up. And so they called back. And when we said we were doing it in the name of, we were allowed to pick the day we wanted. And we were allowed to do everything together because that carried some weight. And so when Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have is this, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. He was carrying a more important name than any kind of organization. Uh, he was carrying the full weight of the Son of God. He was carrying the full weight of the Messiah. He was carrying the full weight of the lily in the valley. He was carrying the full weight of the bright morning star. He was carrying the name that is above all names. And because he had that name, he was able to do more than just give him some money. Uh, and, and I can imagine that because of this situation that happened in, in outside of the temple gate called Beautiful, that's why in the gospel according to John, he would talk about in John 14, 13 through 14, and whatever you ask in my name that I will do and the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. 
And that's not just dropping Jesus on the back end of it like it's a period to the end of a sentence. It's actually doing something that is within his will. That name is more powerful than any other name. Uh, That's why when Peter and John were casting out demons later on in Acts chapter 4, they were told when the people got together, don't do anything else in that name. Because they understood that that name is all you needed. That's why in Philippians 2, 10 and 11, it says that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. That every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's that name that causes demons to tremble. It's that name that causes the enemies to flee. It's that name that stands above every name. That's that name that is sweeter than any other name. It's that name. There's something about that name. Master, Savior, Jesus, like a fragrance after kings. And kingdoms shall all fade away, but there is something about that name. That name became powerful to us when that work was accomplished on Calvary, on that hill called Calvary, a.k.a. Golgotha, a.k.a. the place of the skull. That name became powerful for us when he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities, and the the chastisement of the peace was upon us, and by his stripes, We are healed. That name became powerful. And because of that name, we can move on into 2018. If there is sickness in your body, in the name of Jesus, take up and walk. If there is an enemy that is trying to attack you, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. If there is problems in your family, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Such as I have for 2018. I may not have much. I may not have done much. But I got something that I can depend on when everything else leaves me alone. I got something that'll get me to sleep at night. I got something that'll give me a peace that passes all understanding. I got something that'll keep me putting one foot in front of the other. And it's that name that's above Jesus. Heart fixer, mind regulator, the wheel in the middle of the wheel. Gideon's battle life. That name above all names. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open. And we invite you to come.